In episode 23 of the Goblin Trash Masters, I'm joined once again by our very special guest, Ashley, and we cover another segment of our tournament prep series, focusing on how to organize and book a stay for a group attending a magic tournament. While we're at it, we even cover a little bit about Shakira. I'm Anthony, joined by my partner in crime. Say hello, Ashley. I'm down to talk about booking for travel. Whenever. Wherever. (laughs) All right, let's talk some trash. So we are going to be discussing a segment that is near and dear to my heart, something I care an awful lot about. We have Ashley here with us to talk about it with me. Unfortunately, Kyle could not make it today, but that is A-OK because mostly on these sort of things, Kyle acknowledges that this is the thing that I love to do and just goes hands off and just lets me do it. It's generally a good idea. Yeah, I will. I promise you, I will find a nicer place to stay for way less money and (laughs) just closer to the venue. So what we're doing here is we're trying to give you all some of my power on this, right? Yeah. Um, If you're trying to plan something, following what we're talking about today is a great way to make sure that you can spend as much of your focus on the weekend of the event on the actual gameplay, right? And our topic is on part of our tournament prep series it's on lodging and booking a place to stay very exciting stuff i have seen the pictures of where you stayed in san diego and i am very jelly that i did not get to see it it's a very nice spot very Mm -hmm. nice spot i don't think that booking lodging for like a magic trip is terribly different from booking logic for a vacation sure the only difference is like really you know where you're going to be going when you're on a magic trip, you know that you need to get to the convention center at a specific time. Right. And for a vacation, you might need to be a little more flexible. Ashley, do you have any personal experience in regards to like booking places to stay, stuff like that? A little bit. I, with the shows that I do, I actually have just done some of this. Um, the place we're staying this weekend, I had to book out and we had to pick a spot that was close by and make sure there was availability because it's a larger event. We found a place with a good deal and booking it out ahead of time is generally a good idea. So I've heard. (laughs) But yeah, it's only a couple times, not nearly as many as you. Yeah, I guess just the the planning ahead aspect is always hard for my brain thinking that far ahead. But a good calendar goes a really long way. Yeah. Having a good calendar goes a really long way. And I've been on both ends of this. One of the things that really made me care, like super give a shit about this stuff is we went to, we drove up for a weekend, like SCG open or something like that. And we drove about three hours to get to it. And we then we're going into Columbus and we then start bopping around from hotel to hotel, checking prices. And I'm just like, excuse me, what, what are we doing here? (laughs) We're doing, oh, we're doing what now? And we they ended didn't up have staying. anything ahead of time. Nothing. So it took us another two and a half hours to find a spot. We paid way more than we were supposed to. We also could not find a spot that would accommodate all four of us that were in the car. 
So we needed to book a room for two and sneak two other people in. And also was in a section of the hotel that was undergoing construction because that was all they had. $400 a night, please. What? For Grove City, Columbus. There's no one there. No. Horrendous. So that really piqued that interest for me. So what I recommend, believe it or not, Ashley, is a specific process. Oh, shocking. I am so surprised. Who could have guessed that I would have a, a, a process for handling this? I am a big fan of front loading my work whenever possible. So I, sure. I build a pattern for myself and I follow that pattern. I think it makes things a lot easier. Do you have a primer for hotel booking and prep before? I'm going to need you to ask that question again, please. <laughs> Do you say primer or primer? P- primer? Yeah. Is that not the correct word? Oh, my. Hold up. (laughs) Oh, no. What did I do? What do you call the... What? What did I do? Please edit out my stupidity if this is just me. Oh, no. This is content. Oh, God. All right. Primer. Noun. An elementary textbook that serves as an introduction to a subject of study or is used for teaching children to read. Comes from medieval Latin. Mm -hmm. Primarius Liber. So primary book, first book. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't believe we would call it a liber. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like an order you would get at a podunk diner in, I don't know, maybe Grove City outside of Columbus. They'd be like, <laughs> I'll have the liber and onions, please. <laughs> but oh, no. Through their cracked, toothless mouth. Oh. Have you ever been to Grove City? No, I haven't. Just skip it. <laughs> okay. definitely was not even on my top 100 places to see yeah it's like from that movie deliverance except with a lot less class oh goodness no i haven't seen deliverance oh my wow you're just quick hitters one after the other yep thank you for coming on here and embarrassing yourself yeah great time if i wasn't gonna do it to myself you were gonna do it that is entirely fair all right so why yes i do have a primer (laughs) for this i don't think i want to call it anything else ever again i'm going to be totally honest with you that's literally what you write them as though right like oh yeah 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 absolutely (laughs) ashley if you're watching somebody and they stream do you call them a streamer no could could you though would you do it i think it would be great just for you i will do that i feel so seen can you please let us know your process Okay, believe it or not, it's divided up into a few interesting steps, like a numbered list. Also shocking. Step one, find out who's interested. Obviously, you need to do this in advance, right? Right. Yeah. How far in advance kind of depends on how how big of a trip you're planning on taking, right? Mm -hmm. If you're driving an hour and you're just looking for a place to stay that Saturday night so you don't have to drive all the way home and all the way back for your day two. Then, you know, doesn't require nearly as much planning. Are you flying across the country and staying somewhere for a week? That requires a lot more planning. My general rule is that you should be starting this at minimum, no matter how small of a trip it is. You should be starting this planning process about minimum a week before you're planning to go. The larger the group, the longer the trip, the bigger the travel time, the more serious the travel methods are, the farther in advance I'd recommend getting this taken care of. Yeah. But the first step is 
find out who's interested, find out. And this is a non-committal stage, right? Hey, I'm looking to book a spot. Are you wanting to come with us? And then find out how much they're willing to spend on a spot. Because like some people want to go to these things and they want to pile eight people into a hotel room and God bless them for it. Like they're going to spend 20 bucks on lodging for the weekend. Yeah. Their entire room's going to smell like a, a corn chips? day four music festival asshole. But <laughs> corn chips works too. <laughs> I just... I just thought of Mushu in Mulan when he was describing the smell of the warriors when they were like walking for so long. And he said that corn chip smell. I I thought I had seen Mulan. Who's like, Mushu? He's the dragon. There was a fucking dragon in that movie? Yeah, the animated version. Oh, okay. I have not seen the animated version. Oh, yeah. See, in the live action version, they made the dragon a phoenix. And that phoenix was not voiced by Eddie Murphy. So... I do love Eddie Murphy. You sure do. I'm surprised you haven't seen it just for that reason. I've seen some pretty bad movies that contained Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Mulan is one of the better ones of the animated Disney movies. I like it a lot. Now, you kind of want to know in advance, like what everyone's working with, right? If somebody's like, I want to spend $20 and you're like, I want to get a house for the weekend. Probably not going to happen. Find find those things out at this stage of the process, right? Stage one, find out who's interested. And that way you don't get to a later spot and people are suddenly surprised with how much money you're asking them for. Step two, once you've got a list of people who are interested, I try to find a place to stay that can comfortably, and you're the judge of what's comfortable to you, hold, I say, the number of interested parties minus about 10%. If 10 people say they're interested, start looking for something with about nine with at least space for nine when it comes time to actually like take out your wallet pay me for shit this is where your dropouts happen this is where people say actually i can't make it this yeah. is a good this is a good thing you want people dropping out at this point not after you've thrown a bunch of money at it right and again if you want to jam eight people into a hotel room go with god i'm not looking down on you for it i'm not going to be one of those eight people <laughs> have you ever had to do something like that yeah Actually, it was a youth group trip. There were six teenagers and two adults, and we generally had the suite room. So there was like a connected room or it was just like a connected room with just a bed if they weren't like fully connected. Yeah. So we had eight people in a hotel room. Be realistic about what your arrangements are with people. Don't like fudge or mislead people on stuff. If you are going to cram eight people into a hotel room, let them know there are going to be eight eight people in this hotel room. Mm -hmm. If everyone's going to get their own bedroom, let them know you're going to get your own bedroom. If they're going to be asked to share a bed with somebody, let them know you're going to be sharing a bed with whoever. Be realistic about what the arrangements are and how much everything's going to cost. This step two is all about just getting people to lock in. Okay. No one likes being told that they're going to be getting their own room. And then when they get there, like, oh, sorry, actually, you're sleeping on the floor in the kitchen. Yeah, that doesn't sound like an ideal situation. I've done it. So have I. Slept in the, just like the kitchen floor. Not the kitchen floor, but definitely the floor yeah. somewhere. I sleep on the floor a lot because of my back and because of the, the vast amounts of <laughs> So it doesn't matter a bit to me, really. So you've got people, you've figured out who's interested, you've found a place that works, you've shared that information now with the people that are interested. Mm -hmm. And then tell them specifically... 
what is the total cost per person going to be? Okay. To do this, I like to take the total cost, including all your fees and everything, and then assume 10% of your people are going to drop out last minute, 10% of whoever's left. Okay. And then divide your total that you owe by the number of people staying. So if you have 10 people that say they're locked in before it's time to hand over money, you would take your total for the full stay, divide it by nine, then report back. This covers you, the person who's paying up front, in the extremely likely case that someone's going to drop out after you book this and before they pay you. Right. Or if they something happens, they have to bail at the last minute. Now, if everyone shows up and you've collected more than you should from everyone, just give them the difference back. I've done that. Yeah, seems fair. People are going to be way more happy about being like, hey, this ended up being less than I thought it was. Sorry, here's this money back. Than if they arrive and you're just like, actually... Jim dropped out, so I need you to give me an extra 30 bucks so we can split up his share. Yeah. From experience, you're probably not going to need to pay people out. And it is worth noting that however you break it down, if you're the person booking the trip, you're probably going to be paying a little bit more than everybody else. Yeah. It's just the way it breaks down, right? If this sounds super scary or like you're going to lose a bunch of money, remember, the smaller the group, the less fuck-ups there are. If you're on like a fixed income and you're trying to book something for one of these, and you can't afford to cover the full amount yourself, plan ahead for that. You may need to go with a smaller group or having someone else pay up front, even if you want to do the organizing or even just having the other members of the group. Once you've figured out your estimate, pay you first and then you book the place because you could definitely divvy up the difference afterwards too. just make sure mm -hmm. you have it up front. So that's a little bit of a thing that might happen like. For San Diego, I ended up I ended up paying a little bit more than I expected, but it wasn't like it wasn't dreadful. It wasn't it wasn't bad. But at the end of the day, if you're booking the place, you are going to be on the hook for a little bit more. Also, if you're booking the place, you are also on the hook for damages. That's true. Something to consider. You could just delete that fucking account. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Hacks, you just people. cancel that credit card and first. delete that account. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I've absolutely trashed an Airbnb, but. You know, of course not. So this is more of like step two point one because you're still right because you're still in the phase of getting people to commit. Yeah, for me, I always think of step one as put out feelers, get a basic idea. Step two is going to be find the place. Step three is get them to lock in. And then step four is actually book the place. There are a few considerations you need to take into account when you're booking a place to stay. The most important is location. You talked about that when you were booking for your for your shows, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be like you want to be as close as possible. You want to minimize your travel time. And for us, it ended up being like a few minutes away versus like 15 or 20, which we had originally thought of. So mm -hmm. definitely much better because I'd rather spend that time doing the thing and have a little more time to sleep or whatever. Who knows? So the extra 10 minutes you get in bed mm -hmm. on these things is so clutch. Like, yeah. especially like for Dallas, I'm going to be going and they're like being real. I'm going to be playing mono green for nine hours. Ugh. I want every ounce of energy I can have. Sorry. I want to have access to every gram of energy I can have. Yeah, <laughs> Graham. The difference between text and subtext is context. <laughs> Indeed. 
Now, for me, location is is the number one priority for me. It's it's very stupid, but for me, number one priority is location. You can go anywhere and then just drive in. I personally want to park my car and not touch it again for the weekend. Yeah. I want to park my car if I'm driving and not use it ever again. I want to walk or take public transit everywhere. So location for me, a lot of the time I'm looking at mass transit lines, seeing how long it takes to get from there to the convention center and back and stuff like that. And how long it takes me to walk from where I'm staying to the mass transit line. Number two is how nice the place is. Like, does, is it is it a nice spot to stay? And then, like, number three is, like, cost or whatever. <laughs> and people's priorities might are, are going to be different on that. Yeah. Just keep in mind that if you're planning on driving, you got to pay for parking at a convention center. And that's $20 per car per day or something stupid like that, wherever you go. Yeah. For some people, that may not be as big a deal because they might value the way the difference that they're saving and being a little bit further away and it might still come out less for them mm -hmm. or just be worth it. Yeah. Some people really like being able to use their car to move around in yeah. another city. Like some people, for some people, that's a big comfort and that comfort's worth the extra money they might spend. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Like far be it for me to criticize someone for spending extra money for things just because you fucking want to. Sure. Like I'm talking about, I'm talking about buying just a bigger place just so I have some extra room to move around. Yeah. Oh, you know what I fucking hate though? What? That phrase room to swing a cat. Wh where did this phrase come from? I've not heard this phrase. Really? Oh, God, I hope I'm not making this up. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, my. All right. So good news is that the expression was first recorded in 1771. Oh. And the cat is not like the animal cat. It's referring to a cat of nine tails. Oh. Which is, as you know, famously what was used on both Jesus Christ during the Passion. I'm sure you learned about that in youth group. Sure. And the weird smacking sound that you heard in the neighboring room during youth group from the pastors doing that to each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, you, had to, you had to make it just so much more terrible. I, I was going to make a, I was going to make a <laughs> funny joke and here you just went. Yeah, apparently it was used to punish felons in the British military. So apparently it is British in origin. Okay, thank God. I was worried I had made that up. <laughs> Basically, no one wants to travel for a full day and then have to wake up at six so you can make it in time for round one. No. That blows. It, in my in my mind, that defeats the purpose. Like, yeah. just stay in a shitty motel out of town. Mm -hmm. And consider, are you using this as, like, a home base? Or are you using this as a place to crash? That matters, I think. Well, I suppose that varies based on the length of your trip, too, right? If you're staying for a week somewhere, you don't want to cram a bunch of people into a hotel room. You'd want room to move and potential to cook some meals and things like that. Versus mm -hmm. if you're staying for one night, maybe two, and you're probably going to spend most of your time outside of that hotel room. It definitely matters, right? Yeah. It definitely matters thinking about... You don't want to buy a really, really nice big testing house if you're going to be getting there at 10 p.m. the night before your event. Right. Like I bought a bigger place for San Diego because I was getting there on Wednesday. Right. Mm -hmm. I had Wednesday, the rest of the day, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday before I even started playing Magic. And mm -hmm. I played Magic Saturday, Sunday. And then I had Monday, Tuesday to fuck around. And like 
believe me, I was not in that Airbnb the whole time, but I was going to be living there for a week and I was going to be waking up there and I was going to be coming there at the end of the day and I wanted to be able to like chill out. Right. And that's not super pleasant for me, at least if there's like three to a bed. Yeah, not an ideal situation. This is the point where you want to consider how many people have handed you money and make absolutely sure that you have enough space for everyone that has paid you. Like, don't pull your hair out trying to find a nine nine room Airbnb if four people have paid you. If, if four people have paid you and you're getting up to the limit of where it's time for you to book, book with what you've got. Yeah. And th that's another advantage of doing this way in advance. If I invite Carol and Carol's like, yeah, I'm in. And then she's like, yeah, I'm locked. And then it's a month before I'm booking this place today and you still haven't gotten anything from Carol. Book the place and make sure you have enough room for everybody. If Carol wants to join in later, she can get a spot on the couch or whatever and pay a little bit less and ease up everyone's burden a bit. That's fine. But don't go nuts for people guaranteeing a bedroom for somebody who hasn't paid you yet. And if you do this far enough in advance and they're just like, ah, I really need a spot with my own bed, then they're still a month out. They can still book something for themselves. Right. You're not leaving them in a lurch. This is a, like I, I say it all the time. An inconvenience on Monday is an emergency on Friday. Yeah. Like if that happens a month before the event, that's OK. Right. If that happens two days before the event and you're just like, sorry, Carol, I don't have any room for you. You haven't paid me yet. That's also not on you. But like if you just do this earlier, even if it's not on you, you're helping yourself and helping others. Sure. You got to be nice to flakes too, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking along the lines of like if you say you have nine people mm -hmm. and four people mm -hmm. don't pay you at the time that you're booking. I mean, at that point, just plan for five, book a place that fits five within all your price range. Mm -hmm. And just if somebody gets back to you, say, hey, I'm sorry, like I told you I was booking. I didn't hear anything from you. And we had to go ahead and book. And I'm a big fan of just setting really clear expectations, right? I love setting expectations. I'll let everybody know, hey, I'm going to be booking on Thursday. Thursday night is when I'm going to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be booking according to the people who have paid me. I know you said you're locked, but I haven't gotten anything from you yet. You could also just have people pay you back afterwards. I wouldn't recommend this unless you've got like some disposable income and you're okay with never seeing that money. Right. Because you're taking a large risk that that's probably not going to happen. I, and I mean, like I've done it before. Like I've just like said, oh, just pay me when we get there. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't care about that for like a two night stay and the, the cost is like 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's a little more annoying when you're like, it's a week and it's cost me an extra 900 bucks or something. Yeah. Like that's a different, that's a different beast, right? That's a horse of a different color. <laughs> I didn't make that one up. I'm sure of it. I, I you did not. You didn't make it I the first do, one. I do like that. All of my idioms predate the coronation of queen Victoria. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you uh, majored in, literature or something yeah something super super fucking useful <laughs> served you well fair after that all you gotta worry about is how everyone is getting to where they're going like how is everyone getting to the airbnb or the hotel it is a common mistake that people make when they're early booking stuff is they'll take two cars to go to a place and there is one parking spot that is a consideration that i would not have thought of actually mm -hmm. those are those are some things that you need to consider now 
you'll notice, Ashley, we've mentioned hotels and we've mentioned Airbnb. And those right. are your two main options. Mm-hmm. Do you have any strong preferences on one over the other? Most often, I've ended up staying in hotels. I haven't mm-hmm. used Airbnb a lot. I can imagine. But most most trips that I've been staying, it was like a road trip. So you were staying like overnight or two nights in one place and then moving on to another. I've not really done a long trip in just one spot for a, quite a while. I don't have a strong opinion on that one. But to me, the Airbnb sounds nice because I like the option of having room to move around. Or you could say room to to swing a cat yeah you have room to swing a cat (laughs) i thought you didn't like that phrase i love that phrase now (laughs) me and that phrase are getting married (laughs) you're invited to our wedding it's a destination wedding in tulum sounds wonderful you have to do your own hotel lodging yeah (laughs) apply the concepts you've learned today (laughs) (laughs) that'll be our test run yeah But I also also like the idea of the Airbnb because I also like to cook for groups of people. So it would be ideal to me. You do too. We have cooked together Mm -hmm. many a time. So being able to, A, it saves costs for everybody, right? B, it's just a fun social experience to cook with a bunch of people. I know for me, like, I'm thinking specifically of like magic trips now because I'm playing Pioneer now and maybe someday I will qualify for an rc and be able to go and so like there are some people some players that i just haven't been around a lot so i feel like food is a good place to hang around together and get to know each other that sort of thing big recommendation on cooking a big meal for everybody on Mm -hmm. these magic trips i recommend always is if it is summer whatever if it is in the winter and all the windows are staying closed when you cook a big old meal for everybody do it Like the last day. Hmm. I'll make a full English breakfast. Yeah. And listen, (laughs) the simultaneous smell of black pudding and beans on toast just existing in your Airbnb for three days straight is not a pleasant one. (laughs) That's a fair point. Why do the British eat like they're ghouls, Ashley? Not a thing I can explain. Also, why is British food so delicious? Is it because I am a ghoul? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I just love their stupid pig's blood sausage and fried mushrooms. Actually, I'm pretty sure Tolkien's dwarves were just based on the British. They had to be, right? Because they ate some dumb shit, too. Yeah, that would make sense. But also the hobbits. Oh, yeah. Because they they had liked their, their multiple small meals a day, which... Honestly, it's not a bad way to be. What if you just like ate like once every like two days or something? I think that's something they generally don't recommend, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I couldn't do a cartwheel before and I still can't, but I'm closer. You didn't get your foot stuck in the stove this time? It was an oven. Thank you very much. In the oven. Sorry. Yeah. It's an industrial oven, though, so (laughs) I did melt that shoe. Oh, probably not your best choice to try. Maybe that's part of your problem. You got to pick the right scene to test your cartwheels. I don't understand what is a better place to test your cartwheels than a Pizza Hut kitchen where the GM is exasperatedly asking you to leave. (laughs) You don't work here. You can't be here. Stop doing cartwheels badly. 
<laughs> and almost injuring yourself where I'm not going to cover you with workman's comp. It's true. I did have to buy new shoes. So really, I made my contribution to Pizza Hut Corporation. And that was I did that out of pocket. How does that help them? I paid for the shoe. I didn't ask them to pay for the shoe <laughs> out of the goodness of my heart. Oh, wow. So you have a lot more experience with hotels. Yes. I am a big, big fan of Airbnb. I like Airbnb a lot. Okay. So we're going to talk about some of the differences between Airbnbs and hotels. There are definite advantages to both. There are definite disadvantages to both. Main thing about hotels, Ashley, hotels are consistent. Yes. You are going to get into your hotel room. It is going to have a functional shower. Yep. It is going to have the number of beds that you expect there to be. If you bought one with two queen beds, there are going to be two queen beds. There are no surprise air mattresses that they considered beds for the bed count. Yikes. If there's something wrong with your room, they can just put you in another room. Yeah. And you have access to all the amenities that come with a hotel. Like maybe your hotel has a gym or a pool, room service, phone in the room, air conditioning, all this stuff. In exchange for all this, hotels skew a bit more expensive and much smaller than an Airbnb. Now, Airbnbs are different. Airbnb is a marketplace. We've all interacted with TCG Player. Yep. Many a time. We all understand the downside of buying things on an aggregated marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy stuff on TCG Player 10 times and it can all go flawlessly. And then one time you get some weirdo selling out of his mom's basement out of his backpack. And he takes 10 days to ship something and he sends you the wrong thing and he doesn't respond for two days and you have to get TCG Player involved. And then he says he's going to resend you the right thing. And then he doesn't do it for ages. You have to get TCG Player involved. It's a whole thing. Some sellers on TCG Player on that platform are just shit. Yeah. Some Airbnb hosts are just shit too. That would make sense. With an Airbnb, you're taking on some risks that you're not if you choose to stay in a hotel. There's a risk that something could be wrong with the place. Maybe the roof leaks or maybe it doesn't look anything like it was in the pictures. Maybe there's a funky smell or the shower's water pressure just super sucks. Your host might have some ridiculously unreasonable requests for you. That they spring on you at the last minute. Hey, make sure you feed my cat. Is that from personal experience? Yeah. I understand that that might be a negative for some people, although it was not for me. I got my Airbnb and I got to hang out with a cat. A plus. I gave that I gave that host a, a great review. <laughs> but I did mention the cat so people would be like, oh, there's a cat. Involved, so that they could make a more informed choice. Huh. How nice. But that cat was super nice. Yeah. Also, with Airbnbs, you're probably going to have to book a little farther in advance if you really like a place because there isn't a second completely interchangeable room right next to it. If your host fucks up through Airbnb, you have some recourse. You have a pretty good, actually, in my experience, pretty good recourse through Airbnb. Okay. Oftentimes, you can get a full or a partial refund, but that probably won't help you the weekend that you're there. Yeah. And in the worst case scenario, you may need even need to get another place at the last minute if you get in a friday at 10 p.m airbnb will probably won't be able to help you very much as far as getting you money into your bank account so you can book another spot yeah again i think airbnb is a great choice if, if you have that option right if you yeah. can just like scramble and get something else and i understand that not everybody's in that position so it's one of those things that if you know about it going in there are risks but just like we talked about before setting expectations is great and i'm setting expectations with everybody here that there are risks associated with using airbnb 
risks that you can mostly avoid by booking with hotels. In exchange for these risks, though, Airbnbs let you book stays for much, much larger groups. And those groups of people will have way more space. You can get more beds, more bathrooms, a kitchen, and for way cheaper than a hotel. Overall, the theme is plan ahead. Knowing that you're taking on that risk, you don't want to spend all of your money up until this point and not have anything just in case something like that were to happen to you, right? You want to be able to have a backup plan. If you mm -hmm. can't find an Airbnb at 10 p.m. and you have no other choices and you need to get a hotel, you need to have functional money that you can do that. My general re recommendation is that if attending a magic tournament is going to put you at is going to put you in a financial spot where you can't pay your next month's rent, you, you, you probably shouldn't be going to that magic tournament. Sure. That's generally how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that there are plenty of people that feel very differently. And I know that I felt very differently when I was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just me. My family's all dead. If I if I don't have rent, I become homeless. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have you just, like some people don't have the that safety net that others do. Yeah, I don't either. And at 30, I can't take those risks. <laughs> yeah. Now, for preferences, I strongly prefer Airbnbs. I've not experienced any like true horror stories. I've had shitty hosts. I've had a host where I get to the spot and there is a notice for them that that host is being evicted. Yikes. Because they're subletting their apartment illegally. And I'm just like, oh, they're subletting it to me. Yeah. But usually if you go and you're going and attending stuff in major metro areas, they're usually these major metro areas are usually a little bit better about not evicting people on like 24 hours notice. That kind of gets saved for the more rural parts of the country where yeah. cruelty is the point. But so, yeah, I'm just like not my chair, not my problem. I'll take a picture, send it to them, let them know what's up and then be like, I'm going to I'm going to vibe here until Sunday when I leave. Yeah, I haven't had any true horror stories, mostly for me. You get a little more space to play games of magic when you're at home. You have some more flexible check-in, check-out times. Like for me, my flight got rescheduled into San Diego. Mm. And uh, my host asked when I was arriving and I said, oh, my flight gets in at like 10 a.m. now. It got rescheduled. And she was like, oh, I don't have anyone staying there the night before. So you can just check in whenever. And I was just like, that's like five hours before my scheduled check-in time. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's nice. Never in a million years would you be able to do something like that in a hotel. No, you would have to like, like just find something to do in the city until you could check in. Yeah, you'd just be dragging your luggage around for mm -hmm. five hours. You get a larger fridge so you can like super load up on beer or cook a meal and save everyone a bit of money. That's a big deal for me. Yeah. And it's I, I find it's pretty nice. Like in San Diego, we only had three of us staying in this place. So everyone had their own bed. But we had enough space that when people wanted to like kind of prep for something and move cards around and make sure everyone had everything they needed, we were able to just all fit into our Airbnb very comfortably. Nice. Like people were not on top of each other. And if we had gotten a hotel room, there's a 0% chance we would have been able to do that. Oh, yeah. Like we had a massive kitchen counter. We were able to just sit there up on the coffee table. There were a few people playing a game. We were moving cards around, getting stuff done. Otherwise, you would just be playing on a tiny table in the corner if there was one in a hotel or on the bed which mm -hmm. seems weird playing magic on a hotel bed is a very common occurrence and also my thing that i hate about hotels for magic events 
is I hate, you know, in those two beds, two bedrooms Mm -hmm. where there is that end table in between the two beds with a lamp on it. Yeah. My least favorite thing in all of magic travel is when that lamp gets taken off of that table, the shitty alarm clock gets taken off of that table and it gets set on the floor by the wall. And that table gets pulled out into between the two beds and people are sitting crisscross applesauce on the beds, leaning forward, playing magic. I'm just like, no, I'm going to be spending nine hours sitting in a convention chair and my back is too fucked up from trying to play rugby with my frame. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't doing any of that shit. No, it's just not comfortable. I'm just not a teenager anymore. Yeah, my hips don't like sitting crisscross applesauce almost anywhere, so. I thought you were about to say my hips don't lie. They don't lie either, but. Way to go, Shakira. (laughs) Shakira plays red, black, mid-range and pioneer confirmed. Yeah. Shakira would definitely play red, red, black, mid-range. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I I I just think so. I just think that her musically, her versatility and ability to change tempo on a dime really would lend itself well to Rakdos mid-range making the same demands from you but mm-hmm. in the texture of a game of magic yeah I'm very glad I share that in common with her yeah you and Shakira both <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap it up with a fun guessing game just as a reminder on how this guessing game works is Ashley and I will be thinking about a specific card according to a theme that we have for the episode. And we will each be trying to guess what the other's card is in order to help us. We're each allowed to give each other some cryptic hints. And if you need a little more help beyond those hints, we are allowed to ask each other yes or no questions. Today's game is cards from magic that you would like to visit or lodge in for a nice trip what's a magic card that you think would be a good spot to stay on a magic trip okay i've got it all right i've got one as well how about you go first and we'll try and guess yours give me some hints about yours okay it is two colors i'm gonna give you one of them i think okay one of them is white and the art depicts wonderful scenery with that may or may not contain one of your favorite materials or at least look like one of your favorite materials. Well, was this card printed in Streets of New Capenna? No, it's earlier than that. That would have been good though. Yeah. Hmm. Is this card a permanent? Yes. Is it an enchantment? No. Ooh. And it is from a set that is very common among commander players and is mostly played by commander players. Is it a it's not a creature? No. You said it was two colors, so it can't be a land. It can tap for either color. Oh, okay, 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 okay. One of the colors you said was white. Mm-hmm. Is the other one blue? No. Does it depict snow? No. It looks very bright uh, and springy. Is it white black? No. No, it's probably white green. Yeah. White green land. Does it enter the battlefield tapped? Unless. Okay. Oh, is it from, was it printed in Battle Bond? Yes. Oh, fuck. Okay. So it was the green, white battle bond land. I'm blanking on the name of that thing right now. I will get there. Mm-hmm. I know luxury suite is the red, black one. Mm-hmm. Elvish, no. Elvish promenade. Close. Second word's correct. Oh, spring. No, no. It's something promenade, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
abundant promenade, plentiful promenade, bountiful promenade. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I apparently just had to go through every synonym for bountiful to get there. <laughs> cool. I'm going to pull up, pull this up and take a look. Yeah. Yeah, this looks like a great place to stay. Yeah. And it's undetermined what that material is, but it could be concrete. Could be concrete. Concrete or marble. And honestly, either one's a win for me. Yeah. So like. Fun fact, Luxury Suite was almost my first choice, but I thought it'd be a little too on the nose. Now I need to think about Luxury Suite, the art. Oh, yeah, this place looks spooky as hell, which is pretty cool because my pick is also spooky as hell. Oh, all right. And I can tell you I have booked a place similar one time. It was for a non-magic trip, but I did book an island. A whole island? Mm-hmm. It was like 250 bucks a night, and it that... included like a rowboat to get to your place where you were staying. That sounds dope. Also, why does so this the... sound like a major event that happened in Twilight Breaking Dawn? Uh, no matter how many times <laughs> this comes up, I tell you that this was not, that is a work of fiction. By a creepy Mormon, this is not a biography of me. <laughs> she was dead when I found her. No, bad, Anthony. Oh, okay. Although I have gotten to say the phrase, I don't want to be holding the dead girl's phone when the police come looking. Oh. That was just going out clubbing with Seth, though, when his girlfriend disappeared. Oh, no. But I can tell you, my card is, it is an island. Okay. It has island on the type line. Okay. It is not a basic island, and it is banned in modern. Oh, my first idea was not correct then. What's your favorite? Oh, your favorite blue-black land. Is it blue-black? No, it only produces blue mana. Only blue. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Oh my gosh. What is land banned in modern? I should know this. I believe there is only one card with the type island that is banned in modern. But I can also tell you that it was printed in Throne of Eldraine. Oh, fuck. What are And it there? really loves fetch lands because you can fetch it because it has the type island. Oh, shit. What is this? Is it like the, is it one of the, one of the castles? So there's like Castle Embrith is red. Uh, no, this one is going to have, this one is also a cycle. Okay. But it has the type island. Okay. Whereas like the, ca the castle. Oh, Vantress, they don't. The blue one. Shit. You're right. You're right. Otherwise, Castle Vantress would always enter untapped. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can tell you that this card appears in 180,000 decks on EDH Rec. Shit. Does it have synergy with playing in Sinner Sorceries? Yes, very much so. The Mystic something. Mystic. You're right there. You're right there. Sanctuary. That's right. Mystic Sanctuary. I think staying at the Mystic Sanctuary would be really cool. The place looks... Okay. Plenty spooky. It's out there on an island, and it just looks like a nice little tall building just out in the middle of this lake. It sure does. Was the island that you booked that small? Yeah. Where was this island? In the Great Lakes. Oh, oh fun. So it was cold and terrible, too. That sounds like things that you don't generally like. Yeah, but there is a fireplace inside. Oh, sounds ideal for a spooky getaway. There has to be a fireplace involved. Yeah, it was a fireplace. It was quiet. I was trying to compromise and go somewhere where we weren't going to do a million things and go out the whole time. And it was going to be a relaxing getaway. And it was nice. I'm not a big fan of booking but relaxing in quotes trips very <laughs> often. Occasionally, it's all right. Sounds great and unique. Mm -hmm. Plus the story equity. Yeah. God. Yeah. I rented a fucking island. <laughs>
Look at me. I'm Jeffrey Epstein. <gasps> what the fuck? Why? Anthony, no. No. Why have you done this? It's just... I also just didn't, rough. I also didn't realize just. that Mystic Sanctuary was a band in Modern. That is not what helped me get to that card. Oh, really? Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. I played that card a lot in Modern, and they were like, you can't experience joy, Anthony. <laughs> They didn't like it. They did. I was. I was too happy. They did it specifically to hurt you. Uh, yeah, I imagine most things. Um, I'm the main character. <laughs> you do have main character energy. Yeah. Listen, law of conservation of detail states that any action, change, or detail that is presented to the viewer or reader is done in such a way to move the plot forward. And since the plot centers exclusively around me, then anything that happens in the world happens with me in mind. I don't know. It's how... an auditory medium, Ashley. I don't stop nodding. No, I'm shaking my head. First of all, and second, I don't know how to answer that. What do you What do you say to someone's ego that is just certain that the that the things happening in the world around them is for them? Everything's for me. Yeah, of course. People can't see me right now, but my eyes are real wide and blinking. Now. I genuinely believe we were talking about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome has come up. Mm -hmm. And a way to combat imposter syndrome is just to have an absolutely bottomless well of completely unearned self-confidence. <laughs> I can do absolutely anything I set my mind to, and I have absolutely no evidence to support that claim. <laughs> I mean, by foolishly running into things and just doing them and then sometimes being rewarded by doing them correctly or something <laughs> sometimes you do get confirmation that those things work or something <laughs> indubitably indubitably that's a good word If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.